This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 121. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me as always is my co-host, Adam Bell. Greetings, Peter. It's good to see you again. Thank you, sir. You as well. How you doing? I, I am doing well. You're, you're looking well. Trying to be, you know, um, I'm, uh, I was getting ready for a run. It's in the 80s right now. It's a little hot. I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I have to prepare for my yoga lesson tonight. And I had plans for making a fancy dinner tonight. And I have to also record a um, meditation uh, video which yeah. is going to be featured on my new, uh, my uh, yoga studio. They're making a new uh, membership uh, option where they're going to have a library of pre-recorded videos. Nice. So not just what they also have started recording live streams. So like if, if I teach when I teach my class tonight, I teach a yoga for runners class tonight. Mm -hmm. That recording, if you sign up for it, will be available for 24 hours. Oh, okay. So if you liked it and you want to do it again, or what I'm finding more people are doing are signing up and not actually showing up. So mm. they're recording it and watching it later. <laughs> um, you can do that too. But this will be different. In addition to this, this will be a library of, you know, back catalog of, um, of different things. So I'm going to do probably like a 15 or 20 minute uh, just guided meditation on uh, being relaxed and grounded and centered. Yeah. So if you go run, you know, it's always good to be dripping sweat off of you while you're trying to meditate. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> well, I do, I joke with it that I, I have a habit of going out and doing a 10 K within a few hours of teaching my yoga for runners class. And, <laughs> and I think it's kind of appropriate because, you know, there's like, then I can really judge, was this a good class to have after, you know, something yeah. a runner would do. Um, I just, you know, I'm feeling a little cranked for time today. Mostly, mm -hmm. I'll admit, I've, I've been procrastinating. I feel, you know, I could say, oh, it's writer's block, but I just haven't gotten around. You know, I've been making notes, but I haven't made the script, and I've been listening to other, you know, meditation teachers and mindfulness experts to sort of get insight as to how to do it, but there's a little bit of, uh, you know, trepidation the first time you do something. Yeah. And, and I think it's funny because back in February, we had a photo shoot at the corner studio, at the yoga studio, and all the ladies were, you know, like, oh, this is so nervous. Why am I so nervous? And I was like, it's just a camera, you know? <laughs> it's like, really? But, you know, I'm feeling there's a little bit of like, this is different. It's new. What if I screw up? Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. So, mm -hmm. anyway. But yeah, it's just it's just a form of procrastination. So uh, I'll get over it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, now that you say that, that's all writer's block is. Yeah, writer's <laughs> just block is just procrastination. That's yeah. it's, it's baloney, you know. And, um, <laughs> I read. You ever read any books by uh, Stephen Pressfield? No, I haven't. He did one. He's done a bunch, but one is called "Do the Work." Mm -hmm. 
And essentially, the, you know, the long and short of it is that, yes, there really is a devil. And it is that nagging feeling of yours that, you know, that makes you not do the things you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, all right, uh, I'll, I'll go with you on that one, Steve. Yeah, I know. I mean, there are days when uh, I've, I've gotten to where I recognize um, or that what I'm doing. Like, I've got a task to do. Yeah. I'm not real excited about doing it. I've got to yep. do it. And I'll say, I need to check the backups on my home <laughs> server, which I haven't checked in a month. I mean, yes. I need to check that right now. Yep, right now. Right now. <laughs> right, right oh, now. Yeah, okay. It's It's running okay. I should probably, it's running version 9.5. I should really update this to not the version 10. You know, I, I generate all this other procrastination yep. things that I need, want to do instead. Yep. Like, you know what? Peter and I, we never actually played that game of Munchkin last week. We should, I should see if he's available right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nailed it. Yep. That's it. <laughs> So yes, the long the, the summary of that is yes, we all know what procrastination is, and yeah. you know, that's the worst part though. I mean, it's like eating junk food. You know yeah. you shouldn't do it. You know it's bad for you. You know it's going to happen if you do it. You do it anyway. <laughs> so and then you feel bad. <laughs> you feel bad, just like you knew you would. Ah <laughs> oh, well, hey, there you go. Preachy, preachy, preachy. Yeah. <laughs> So, I got my new Fitbit Charge 4 yesterday. Fitbit Charge 4. Now, tell us what it is and why you went with the Fitbit Charge 4. Okay. So, the Fitbit in general is a health tracking, uh, in this case, watch. Um, so, it is on my wrist and it tracks my steps, heart rate, sleep, and... Uh, now it has a GPS built into it like the Apple Watch does. And um, for the most part, I use it for tracking my exercises. I don't want to know when I have a text. I don't want to know when I have an email. Um, I just want to track my exercises on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's what I'm using it for. It's funny. We talked about, I think we talked about the when you were talking about your Apple Watch uh, a while back. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to replace the charge too until it dies. And and it just died. I mean, <laughs> it, it died. I mean, I had, I mean, I looked at it and like the face of it, it had stress fractures on the face, uh, but it was still working. It was still holding a charge. Right. And then, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. That was the old one though. Yeah. That's the old one. And yeah. then it, it just is like, okay, well it didn't take a charge. And one, one day it didn't take a charge. I, I just took it off the charger and it said battery 50%. I was like, Oh, I must not have gotten the terminals all the way on tight, which yeah. I've done that before. Yep. And then it said dead. I was like, Oh, apparently I didn't get the terminals on at all. So obviously you were doing something wrong. <laughs> obviously I was doing something wrong. So I put it on the charger and then when I took it off, the battery was just going blip, 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 <laughs> you know, and it was, uh, the screen was pixelated. I was like, no. Well, I guess I need to get a new one. And I looked, I really considered the Apple Watch and I considered the Timex because the Timex has a, um, their GPS model, very much the same footprint of the Apple Watch size wise. Yep. Uh, 
the what I liked about it is it'll run 25 days on a yeah. charge. And I it like only that. cost like $14, right? Uh, no, it was, uh, <laughs> I think it was $150, but that's yeah. still, I was off by a factor of 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, you remember like Timex, well, I mean, Timex, they had a decent reputation back in the eighties. They weren't like super duper cheap, but yeah. they, they were not, we're not Rolex or anything. No, no. Well, and that's, that's all I wore as a kid was uh Timex. Casio, I, Casio watches? Nope. Never was Casio. I was time. I've been Timex my whole life. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I was one of those people who uh, was joking when Apple um, finally introduced a calculator app for the watch, for the Apple watch. <laughs> I was just like, oh, you mean just like I had on my Casio, you know, 35 <laughs> years ago or something? Yeah. Now I did have a Pac-Man watch. <laughs> I never had a Pac-Man watch. <laughs> I can't it was, I never did. <laughs> it was really cool. It was a mini version of Pac-Man on the watch and uh, it didn't last very long though. Uh, it was not high quality. I'm trying to remember if I ever actually saw one of those <laughs> or not. I don't mm. think I did. Yeah. So, I don't know. Pac-Man watch. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. So I like it. Uh, the, the charge for, of course they made changes you know, they always make changes to the user interface and, you know, not a big deal, but change is, you know, everybody, everybody hates change. Or <laughs> am I the only one who thinks it's a little ironic that your Fitbit charge wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. My, it, I guess it had to, it had an identity crisis. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Fitbit won't charge. Fitbit won't charge. So, yeah, but. I'm I'm happy with it. It's alive again. Cool. That's good. Good to have. Yeah. I've been having battery life issues with my Apple Watch. Now, I recently, within the last few weeks, got a replacement. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about this. You may recall, like, just before COVID became, you know, like a serious thing, um, I had brought my Apple Watch on that Friday, the like the yeah. last Friday that Apple stores were open in for service. And then they're like, yep, we don't know how you're getting this thing back. Have fun, you know? And then yeah. they did make it right. They shipped it to me and I got it. So that unit definitely had some major problems because it was like losing like, um, you know, 20% per hour just oh, wow. sitting there in the mornings, right? <laughs> well, now... I'm at 47% today and I've done hardly anything, mm -hmm. and, you know, so this is like halfway through where we're say six hours or so into my day. Well, at this rate, I'm going to have 12 hours of battery life. So <laughs> that's not that great. I'm thinking what's going on is um, I think it's probably uh, has some um, podcast syncing has something to do with that because I uh -huh. do overcast. And with a recent release within the last month or so, Overcast for Apple Watch now supports streaming. Ah. I have noticed on those days when I go out for a run and I don't have the episodes downloaded to the watch and I stream it, it's definitely using more battery. No yeah. question about that. Mm -hmm. But today's not one of those days. <laughs> not only have I not gone, you know, streamed any podcast, I've also not logged a workout <laughs> and I haven't even like left the house. Yeah. 
So not really sure what's going on. It's enough that it's like an inconvenience, but it's not enough to make me think that it's a hardware problem. Right. You know, so it's like, uh, what do I do? And, you know, it's one of those, like, kind of just wait and hope it fixes itself <laughs> kind of thing, you know, because what else? Let us know how that works. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they do software updates, you know. They, yeah. Apple releases software updates fairly regularly, and, you know, so you're hoping that that will be something that gets addressed in one sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I've done in my, uh, as far as my workout routine and tracking it on the tracker goes, is I have stopped um, starting it and stopping it when the exercise, like, okay, CrossFit, uh, we're getting ready to start and I'll start it like during the whatever warm ups and then I'll stop it at the end of the class when I'm done. Yep. It's not really a true indicator of what actually happened in the workout. Uh, I mean, my heart rate wasn't elevated until like five minutes later and everything else. So, you know what? I'm just going to let it track it and it figure out what I'm doing. Yep. And that seems to be a more realistic view. (laughs) Yeah. I I had that same thought. Like when I started tracking my workouts in yoga, I was, you know, thinking like, well, there's a lot of, okay, we're just, we just sat for the first five minutes. Uh, Does that count? Uh, You know, like, what do I do? Or if I was, you know, running and pausing or whatnot, um, the Apple watch will pause if you're on a walk or a run, Mm -hmm. but that's it. So if you are on a bike ride and you come to a complete stop at a stoplight for a while, it doesn't know. It doesn't and do anything and you'd think it can detect you know with gps movement and stuff yeah. motion sensors that would be able to do that i don't know if that's a soft i'm assuming it's a software limitation and not a hardware limitation yeah but the kind of thing i think that you know uh, uh an i a mac an app oh, sorry a watch os <laughs> a was <laughs> a, watch, you know, a watch os update would be able to introduce at some point but i don't know maybe there's a hardware you know factor on it i don't i don't know yeah. But, um, yeah, I would do that. Like I would do that when I would uh, be doing home, you know, workouts in the home gym. If I was doing like weight exercises strength back when I was in my physical therapy routine, trying to get my shoulder back and, you know, so I'd be doing like a bunch of, um, barbell curls and farmers carries and kettlebell swings and Turkish getups. And every time I would take a break in between, I would pause and stop it. Mm-hmm. But you know, like your heart rate is still, elevated during those times it knows because it's taking your heart rate every few seconds and mm-hmm. it's populating so really you know technically on paper was i working out for 90 minutes no i was probably <laughs> working out closer to 30 minutes you know with two minute rests in between a lot of these you know more intense sets stuff yeah but i guess whatever i let it figure it out <laughs> yeah well, and because one of the reasons I use the fitness tracker is so that I can, well, really, I want to eat eat more. And the only way I can eat more is to burn more calories. Yes. So if I track that, then I can know how many calories I can have and then I can eat more. Uh, and if I don't, if I don't track it, I, what I did find was I used, I thought, that I ate a lot, a lot less calories than I was actually eating when I started tracking it. <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> so on that note, now here's, this is really interesting because I have been consuming on average, um, let's see, for the last 90 days, can I do that? The last 90 days, my net calories, interesting, why does it only go back, huh? Doesn't calculate my net calories. My fitness pal is what I use. Um, well, interesting. My net calorie consumption average. Oh, no, that's my target. That's not my average. I thought it was showing me the average. Um, if you look at it on average, just eyeballing my chart, I'm consuming way more than 2,000 calories per day on average. Um, but that's net after exercise. So if I just go regular calories, let's see what that gives for the last 30 days. Yeah, on average, just eyeballing my report, I would guess that I'm pulling in on average around 2,500 calories per day. Mm -hmm. And, but if you net that out, subtracting exercise, it looks like, I got to be honest, it still looks like around 2,500 calories per day, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense because, you know, a guy my height, weight, and age, I should be a balloon at this point. Um, so I don't really know. And I've always thought that, you know, like it, it seems like I'm eating a lot more. So I guess that, you know, my regular exercise and lifestyle and stuff has reversed the trend and my metabolism must be a lot higher than than it used to be last night i was like so i have my my fitness pal set for 1750 calories uh -huh. no you know so that's my target i always eat more than that you know mm -hmm. Some very few days is it less than that um but then i'll exercise and usually you know if i go for a long run or whatnot then you know that, that i usually net that out as you know as not going over it um, but last night i went over by like a thousand calories you know, at the end of the day, I was craving a, you know, uh, after dinner snack and I ate some chocolate chips and um, coconut uh, flakes that I was going to make into peanut butter or almond joy type cups and never got around to. So I just <laughs> ate them raw out of the bag. Yes. <laughs> and the thing is, though, is I've been doing things like that for a while and I'm not, you know, I weighed in this morning, I was like 163 pounds. And the last few times I've weighed myself over the last several weeks, I've been at 161. Yeah. I feel great. So, I don't know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Who knows? It's not an exact science. It's they're, they're trying to make it one, but nutrition is still not all that well understood. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's like voodoo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I hear that you're going to be rich. Yeah. So no. No. I, you, you what you what you heard is that I'm dead. <laughs> oh. My dad is the one who's going to be rich. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And this is not the first time that I have been dead. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if I ever told the story to you or on the podcast before, but um yeah, rumor had it that uh, I died about uh, about thirty years ago at this point. Well, twenty five years ago, anyway. 
So I just when I read it, it was sent to Nick. I thought yeah, but this is different. I thought maybe your your middle name was Nick or your first name was Nick, and you went. No, it's my dad. Okay. My dad. Yeah. So <laughs> no, so my dad received a letter in the mail, and it was from a Canada Post envelope with no return address. Uh huh. So theoretically, this thing came from Canada. Okay, sure. Um. But the letter goes something like this. It's it's got a you know little logo on it that anyone with Microsoft Word could have made, and it's uh, the company says FW Audits and Laws LLC, uh, with an address of twenty five ninety Ellington Street in Guelph, Ontario, dated June second. I'm going to uh-huh. abbreviate some of this, but uh, it's addressed to my father, and it said my name is Andrew Jones, CPA. Am a senior chartered professional accountant with some of the prime financial investment banks and insurance companies in Canada. One of the account I managed for years that belonged to one of my client, Mr. Peter D. Nicolaitis. <laughs> Note, my middle initial is not D. <laughs> yeah, Peter D, like Sandra D. D. There you go. <laughs> so uh, he is a commodity investor who died of cancer for some years now, leaving the account with an open beneficiary status. The account balance sits at $7,900,000 plus accrued interests. Over past years, I have waited for a relative to make claim to this account and no one has showed up. According to inheritance law, any claim for inheritance Estates must be made within the first seven years of the deceased client by the survivors, and the deadline for this claim is July 31st, 2020, unless there's no punctuation. That's why I'm not. (laughs) Unless we lodge an application before this date, period. When the claim is not made within seven years, the funds must be turned over to the state as unclaimed. Oh, no. So, as it goes on, um, now, the, this guy essentially, you know, he, this is a more of an advanced con game here, Mr. Andrew Jones. He doesn't ask my dad to like wire him some money or give him his account info or anything like that. He just asks me, email me or call me and gives him a direct line. Mm-hmm. And gives him a Gmail address of fwaudits.lawsllc at gmail.com. <laughs> so yeah uh, and he's got his phone number here if any of your listeners I'll tell you what if listeners if you want to call him you email me and I will give you the, the phone number but classic Nigerian scam mm-hmm. but what caught my attention was that yeah postal mail yeah. still doing it via old school mail which these days I would think maybe add an air of legitimacy to the claim, you know, I mean, it's physical mm-hmm. piece of thing, not just some email. So, so I heard an interesting thing, you know, I, we, we are studiers of marketing and yeah. the thing in marketing. So do you know why there's um, some bad grammar in it? Um, wait, are you talking intentionally why? Yes. Talk to me. So if you want to weed out people who are highly intelligent, ah, okay. But grammar. Errors. I didn't realize that bad grammar was a factor in that. I knew that, um, putting in super, um, 
crazy claims because the crazier the claim in it, the more likely a smart person would be to disregard it, but a stupid person would keep on going. Yeah. Well, and that, that is as well. So the, the poor punctuation and then the poor grammar weed out the non-ideal customer Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're going to say, no, this is a scam. This is easy to see. This is a scam. If Andrew Jones were actually a CPA, he would have gone to college. And Mm -hmm. I would hope if he's still a, you know, a professional practicing accounting, he would be able to write a letter. And so then that audience is immediately turned off by, and like you said, the big number, like, well, this is a stupid number. Nobody would ever do this. And these facts, I can't go with these facts. But if you're less educated, you probably don't even notice the grammar. (laughs) Bingo. You don't even notice the, the commas that, are missing or periods that are missing <laughs> or misspellings. Okay. I, so, I never considered that as part of it, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess maybe if you read this letter and thought, yeah, this sounds legit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that people are doing that because I mean, you know, that's the thing is people, you and I, we look at these and, you know, a, a somewhat educated person would say like, does anyone really fall for these? Like, yeah, they do. There's a reason that these classic scams have been going on for hundreds of years. Yeah. Well, you know? I remember as a, um, probably a middle school aged kid, we received in the mail the publisher's clearinghouse you've won and all you have to do to claim this. And I remember being so excited and showing my parents like, we need to do this. We need to call it whatever, whatever the call to action was. That's that you won. won. (laughs) They said we won. They're like, nah, we didn't win. What you won (laughs) is uh, the ability to buy some magazines. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> brother so yeah i think I, that was a pretty good letter i like yeah it. i like that <laughs> so yeah i'm glad my, my father said he's gonna call the um uh i forget who he's gonna call i think he said he was gonna call the the uh, uh canadian post office just to let them know that their um envelopes have been used without uh proper authorization and he said yeah who knows maybe they'll send some of the guys in the red suits the, re- the red shirts up to talk to them <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I don't know. I, I I would think that maybe the Mounties, you know, there, there's only like what 14 people in Canada, so they probably have time to investigate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're. Um, I guess they've got things uh, things like that, just like we do. But uh, you know, our guys they're just overwhelmed with the scams. So that they probably are too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's 14, you know, people in Canada, but only one of them is a Mountie. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Probably going to slow them down. (laughs) All right. So we are. So the today at CrossFit was another hero wad, which was for an Italian soldier, which was pretty good. Sounds wrong. (laughs) <laughs> yeah hero workout of the day <laughs> but it was uh five rounds of rope climb for three minutes as many 
times as you could go up and down and it is a buddy workout. So you, you and your buddy would alternate. So rope climb for three minutes up and down air squats for two minutes, push-ups for two minutes, then run 400 meters within three minutes. And however much time you had left over, you could rest. So yeah, uh-huh. in, in that three minutes. So you'd, you'd run that 400 in, you know, less than two minutes and then you'd get to rest. And that's the time where you stopped your watch, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, I just let it run. (laughs) But then, uh, but so that was five rounds. So that was a, that was a nice little workout this morning. I got the heart rate going. Excellent. As as we already said, I haven't really done my workout for the day. Mm -hmm. The other part of it too, is I was thinking about trying another 10 miler tomorrow because I haven't done that in a while. I've just Mm -hmm. been doing 10 Ks. And I was just like, I, I mean, the last one I, I was, a, it was a year ago, like it might've been a year ago today or so it was a year ago, right about now when I decided one day, I was like, yeah, on a Saturday I was going to do, I went right from 10 K's to 10 miles. Nice. So, you know, I was like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm due for another one again. I don't know. So yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Cool. So the, uh, deadlands. Deadlands. Yeah. So we talked about Deadlands briefly and, um, oh, and now it was, it was May. Was it May? No, wait, hold on. Sorry. I'm so, so curious now. 10, June 1st. It was June 1st, 2019 when I did my first 10 miler. Take that back. Right. It. So just a little past a year. Back to today. <laughs> so Deadlands, we talked about Deadlands on the podcast. It's the, you know, weird West role-playing game. For those of you who know what Dungeons and Dragons is, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but set in the Old West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there have been multiple editions of the game. The latest version comes out in officially sometime this fall. And after we last talked about it, which I believe was just last, last episode, Friday, um, I checked my email and the preview recording, the preview release version was available for me as a Kickstarter to uh, backer to download. Nice. I had no idea I was going to be getting, you know, early release this early, but yeah. yeah. So I got it. I've read through the entire thing and I'm fired up for starting to play it. Okay. Um, it's fun. Um, they, their website almost immediately went offline Friday afternoon, (laughs) presumably because it couldn't handle the strain of all the other people like me, like, give me my, give me my preview copy. Really? Wow. Uh, Well, it's a small company. Yeah. They're probably hosting with, you know, Bob's web hosting or something. (laughs) There's like two and a half full-time employees in the company. Okay. So, you know, he's probably on a GoDaddy server or something else, but it was, you know, I forget what database, uh, server they were using, but whatever it was, you know, database connection backend failed. That's all you were getting. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I'm glad I got my copy first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's fun. It makes sense. Uh, you know, I've seen like where they've streamlined a lot of things, you know, they consolidated a lot of stuff just to make the game play faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so it essentially gives you more time for the role playing aspect. So, you know, more like acting out, like, you know, like calling a guy pilgrim when he walks in the door or, you know, <laughs> like, do you feel lucky punk? 
Yeah. Um, without, and, and spending less time flipping through the book trying to say, okay, well, wait, it's dark out, so you're at a minus four, and, but you have marksmanship and you're not moving, so that's a plus two. But then it's, you've got to hit it in the heart, which is minus six, but you have this bonus, which is, oh, and you're blessed, so you've got to, you know, and it's a little more like, it's a plus two, roll your die, and, you know, just like streamlining the gameplay, the game mechanics. So right. excited okay. about that. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I do like about playing the computer role-playing games because it calculates all that stuff for you. I mean... <laughs> And, and that's the thing, like, play, we've been playing our games now for the last few months on Roll20.net, mm-hmm. which is a way to play tabletop games online. Mm-hmm. And, and it's great, you know, the, the thing is, like, if people have taken the time, and they only do these with the most popular games, but they'll make character sheets, so your character, all of your statistics are there for you. And if you need to make a strength check, you just click on the word strength. Uh-huh. You attack with your warhammer, and you've you know pre-populated all the special things about your warhammer. You just click on warhammer, and it mm-hmm. rolls the dice, tells you, and if it was a hit, it does this much damage and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, definitely, stuff like that helps for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty handy. Um, I mean, it's a point now where, like, yeah, I think I would probably want to do that even if I was playing, you know, sitting around a table with friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pretty handy. <laughs> so. Well, especially if. If you're having, if it's the end of the week and you're sitting around, you're relaxing, you're drinking a beer, and you're trying to calculate all of these little maths, plus this, plus this, minus that, plus that, and... <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, it's not so, usually not, not as bad, the, um, the calculations part. It can be onerous, don't worry, don't get me wrong. That's usually not the hard part. Usually the hard part is just remembering what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you'll go into combat and the cleric will cast bless, which gives you a bonus on this, this, and this. Well, mm-hmm. after about five minutes of going back and forth and stuff, I don't remember that. You know, it's like, oh, I- shoot, I was blessed. I would have made that roll and I failed it. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. <sighs> Nerd well, alert. Nerd alert. So it goes. I mean, we are two computer guys after all. We are. <laughs> all, right. all right. So then I saw, well, speaking of, of nerd alert, um, I did, I did like the, uh, uh, the Amazon pauses police use of its facial recognition software article that you sent. <laughs> yeah. Now earlier this week, IBM also said, Hey, we're not doing this anymore. And mm-hmm. you know, we're backing out of it and you know, you should too. Um, I was really surprised to hear that recognition with a K is also being suspended. And it's kind of funny because I have been, uh, this, the financial management class that I'm in right now, uh, Amazon has been the company that I've been using as my case studies. Yeah. And um, so Scott Wilsey, listener of the show, sent me that link that I sent you, which will be in the show notes. Um, but I sent him back a, a screenshot of um, Amazon's balance sheet for, um, you know, for 2019. And I said, yeah, they're trying to get that goodwill line item to go up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all this stuff, facial recognition, it's like, it's in no future does this not end up dystopian and causing 
oppression. Mm-hmm. And for people who happen to have skin that's not of a Caucasian persuasion, mm-hmm. this stuff is like 50-50 accurate at best. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand that. And I've heard you know people say, well, it's because the programmers are white. Okay, got news for you. I've worked with a lot of programmers who are not white, you know, so I don't, I don't, so I don't know if it's, you know, uh, if it's just a coloring thing and it doesn't have enough light to make the distinction or whatnot, but I believe now that, you know, facial recognition software is inherently racist. (laughs) (laughs) The code. (laughs) The software is, the code itself is, not, not, not necessarily the people, not necessarily the companies, but the software is. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it don't work so good. And, um, you know, the other thing too is though, is when you pair it with like the network of, um, ring video doorbells and, um, nextdoor.com, which I was a part of for a while. Um, it just degenerates into like, I saw a suspicious person on the street. Did you see it? And, you know, and, and generates fear. It's like, mm-hmm. there's a dude walking down the street with his white Pomeranian. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that that's the thing so I I got off that just like I did you know like most social media and you know, it's just it's just noise it's not helping so, well yeah, I don't Amazon says they're backing out of that I I don't I don't believe that um, pausing it yeah I believe- I, they're not they're not giving it up IBM said we're getting out I I tend to believe it. if IBM says you know we're stopping this operation and scuttling it I, I would tend to believe that. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that because I think that um, just like marketing and the things that, that Mark Zuckerberg was doing with, you know, pulling identity stuff, every people have been doing that and they knew it was wrong, but they were taking advantage. And this kind of falls into that. They're going to, they're going to use the facial recognition to make money. Um, and that's, you know, okay. Yeah. I just saw, I just, I recognized Adam Bell's face in front coming out of Macy's. He is now going to get advertisement from Macy's. They're not just going to be able to get that from my geolocation on my phone. They're going to know that it really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you Have know. you seen the Tom Cruise movie minority report? That's exactly what I was thinking. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is this is not going to go away. Uh, people are the research is going to go underground. It's going to be quiet. It's either going to be outsourced to third parties who Amazon may own, IBM may own, but it's sidelined and it's gonna it's gonna be a black box that data goes in, data comes out. <laughs> Well, one thing I thought was funny I heard on this was, um, you know, it was on the, the Risky Business podcast and the host there, Patrick Gray, said, you know, exactly what I was thinking was like, um, could it be that, you know, IBM was just like really uh, like a third tier player in this technology? Right, yeah. <laughs> so for them to, you know, stop, they're not losing anything, you know, and uh, but still, IBM is a major corporation, so. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, Amazon's AI is built around fine discovering analog things and making digital information come out of that. 
I mean, that, so that AI, they are invested in AI. And I would say, I would say IBM and anybody else who wants to continue to play is going to be very interested in AI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, totally is. It's all, you know, machine learning, vision, AI stuff. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we haven't seen the last of it. Um, And again, you know, like Amazon didn't say that they're stopping it or anything. They said they're pausing it, right? Yeah. I mean, for them, it's obviously, yeah, they'll be Bach. (laughs) They'll be Bach. (laughs) Terminator will return. (sighs) All right. Now what? I don't know. What else we got? So, uh, oh, psh, awesome. So <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, like I, I've been doing a little bit of, uh, you know, tapping into a little bit of hard liquor from time to time um, when I just don't want quite as many carbs as, you know, like a full beer or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, I bought some apple juice a week or so ago to use in a recipe for um, barbecue uh, pork ribs. Mm -hmm. we made the sauce with it well i never drink apple juice i don't literally can't remember the last time i bought apple juice right probably for my coffee shop like Mm -hmm. 10 plus years ago um so i bought some apple juice and now i've got a bottle of apple juice in my fridge i'm like what can i do with this like well you know vodka is a pretty decent thing you know what what can i do for vodka and apple juice what's a good recipe so i asked the lady in the tube what's a recipe for vodka and apple juice? And she replied, okay, here's a recipe for vodka, apple juice. And it went on to tell me that it was, oops, sorry, I just moved the the mouse cursor there. Adam's 12-inch deep dish apple pie. Sounds delicious. (laughs) Yeah, well, why don't you tell us about it? It's your recipe. (laughs) (laughs) So then I went to Google. Peel a watermelon. I thought you just drilled a hole in the watermelon, flip the watermelon over, drain it out. When when it stops dripping, you flip it back over, open the bottle of vodka, pour it into the watermelon, go to the beach, and get drunk eating watermelon. Yeah, that's what I'm just here eating watermelon. Yeah. The good thing is it's a biodegradable. You didn't leave any bottles or cans at the beach either. Wonderful. Socially and environmentally responsible. So uh, then I went to Google and just said, you know, give me a recipe uh, or apple juice vodka recipe. And I found a recipe called, wait for it, vodka (laughs) and apple juice. Uh, I bet his his dog is named Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, So anyway, so later this evening after yoga, after meditation, after possibly a workout or whatnot, I may... I may try this new recipe I found today called vodka and apple juice. <laughs> I bet it's a proportion. Yeah, so uh, I, yeah, exactly. I kind of steer clear of, of too much in the heart, in the way of uh, like vodka because uh, I can, I can regulate better with beer, even though there's more calories because I don't always. Volume. Feel, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the volume. I mean, if I drink two beers, I'm like, I got to pee, you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> you kind of know where you are in the, in the but cycle. If I, but if I drink two glasses of vodka, I'm like, I got to lie down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm busy. <laughs> so we're talking, I mean, we've talked about uh, a word fails and Siri fails. And uh, so I, I call Tim Richter. Well, I speak to him once a week, every week. And, uh, and I call him probably two or three times a week. And I always call with my phone, with, with my mobile phone. And I, cause I, I usually call him on my way home to bounce something off of him, blah, blah, blah. I'd, I'd say, hey, call Timothy Richter mobile. Mm-hmm. You have no contact, Timothy Richter. I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see. Okay. okay thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to change your answer? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I could not convince her that he was in the address book, so I just scrolled through the address book and dialed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah, that, that happens more than it should in 2020. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. The number of times, too, when, like, one Apple service will give you a result and the other one isn't aware of it. It's like, there's no such thing. Or, you know, if it's not in your contacts, I can't call it. But if it's a company, well, I found this. Do you want directions to it? I'm like, no, I want you to call it. Oh, I can't do that. Why not? You just told me what the number was. <laughs> well, you know, the other ridiculous thing about that when you're doing a call of a phone is that it has to have an internet connection to do that. <laughs> it is not necessary for an internet connection because that app should be able to do everything that it needs to do, especially at that command. It has everything cached in the phone mm-hmm. that it needs. It shouldn't need an internet connection. But it just it shouldn't, does. but it does <laughs> because it used to. So I had back in the day on my BlackBerry, Microsoft. It is the day. It is the day. <laughs> Microsoft had an app, a third-party app that was a speech recognition app that you could put on your BlackBerry mm-hmm. and do the same thing. Uh, you held down a button to initiate it, and it would start, and then you'd say, call Peter Nicolaitis Mobile. And right. it, was, it was completely offline, didn't require an internet connection. It, it worked every single time. It was amazing. The first version of Siri was like that. And before Siri, that's how the phone, the iPhones used to work. Mm-hmm. Tell them that. And then as soon as Siri came on, then you had to have an internet connection because everything has to go run up through the cloud. But there used to be a little bit of onboard, you know, processing that was done on board. Mm-hmm. Now she's just listening and shipping it all up into the, the Apple cloud. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a terrible bandwidth waster across, across the whole board. I don't think yeah. they care. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I think you're right. Apple's worried about their carbon footprint, not their bandwidth footprint. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, that's a thing, too. Apparently, these Apple phones, I haven't looked you know, recently at my firewall. I should take a look at that. But apparently, the you know, iOS devices especially are, are supposedly notoriously bad about constant traffic back mm-hmm. and forth. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's, um, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, it could be something that's worth, worth looking into. And, well, uh, but if you do anything about it, you know, it's not going to work. <laughs> no, no, it just doesn't work anymore. Well, I mean, here is a, as an IT pro tip. I used to, every business when I created, I gave it a 256 
well, 254 usable IP addresses right. every time. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that was a standard. And that well, was plenty until? Plenty until now. And now my pro tip is even a small business, a 20 computer shop needs 512 addresses just to not cause problems down the road. I mean, you can, you could do it with 250, but you know, I have, I'll have a um, practice, a, you know, orthopedic practice and they have smart plugs. They've got devices, they've got computers, they've got phones, they've got watches, mm -hmm. they've got security systems, um, all those things, phones, they all require an IP. Yep. And, you know, before you know it, you've got a 200 addresses in there and you're like, what? Who are what? all these? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I did the same thing. I mean, between all my smart light bulbs and Sonos speakers and, you know, like, laptops and desktops and tablets oh my yeah. uh, you know and then all these little echoes here and there i forget how many but i've got i think i was at like over 40 devices last i checked <laughs> for you <laughs> yeah just yeah i live alone <laughs> <sighs> now we got wireless access points uh -huh. so yeah it's, uh, <laughs> they add up they add up mm-hmm uh, I'm really curious now. I'm going to fire off a uh, discovery scan in the background and just see how many I've got on this. How many are there? Yep. I've done a recent inventory. I'm really kind of curious. All right. What else we got? Well, we, uh, well we're kind of running up at the top of the hour now. We are. I, I wanted to chat about voice over IP, just, but I don't think we have enough time to do that. Uh, so I think we'll hold that topic until our following week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. Well, there you go. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's call it while we're ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now wait, we were going to talk about glasses, though. Yeah. So I was going to. Well, you know, now that I'm in my uh, mid to late forties, I am starting. I've I've never uh, I've never worn glasses. Uh, ah. Okay. And. I'm starting to have problems where I cannot read like the serial number on a computer, not the regular size one, but that little tiny one. Uh -huh. I'm like, is that a BP uh -huh. five or is that an eight, nine S? Uh -huh. <laughs> what is that? And, and I used to be able to like squint Yep. Like I could squint and I could make it come into focus. Yep. Now I cannot make it focus for any distance. Other, the, the only way it'll work is I have to walk down to my truck, grab a pair of reading 1.5 magnifier glasses, and then I can see it <laughs> right close. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I've pretty much had uh, glasses since I was a teenager. And then it was, I think it was like 2003, I had LASIK. Mm -hmm. And everything was great for almost 10 years. I had glasses for a little while, but I hardly ever needed them. Just right. a little bit of a correction at nighttime for distance, you know, vision. Um, now, I, depending on the day, sometimes I can get by with nothing. Mm -hmm. um, but this past year, I've noticed some more degradation in vision. And also, especially, I have uh, uh, a little bit of astigmatism in another mm -hmm. eye, too. So, um, I did pick up, I had some reading glasses, but it was a 
pain switching between those. Like if I was sitting at a class, if I'm taking a class, I'm looking up at the screen above the projector and I'm looking down at my laptop and constantly having to flip <laughs> back and forth. And I had bifocals for a little while and I didn't care for them. Um, and now I have a pair of progressive lenses, which I like, but you know, they're really only good for like an occasional glance down at something. You don't want to be sitting there wearing them constantly for reading a lot. Right. Um, so I also have this pair that they call computer glasses, mm -hmm. um, which are like, you know, like lightweight reading glasses and so they're supposed to be good out to about 10 feet. So they say, um, maybe they are, I don't know. Um, but, um, like I, I pretty much just wear them wear them when I'm at the desk. Um, sometimes I'll wear them reading also, uh, you know, if I start to get really tired. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, what I've noticed is that when I go biking now, and also if I go trail running, not so much if I'm running on pavement where it's flat, I don't care about, but when I'm out in the woods and there are rocks and twigs and things, if I don't at least have a contact in my left eye, I'm at mm -hmm. risk of tripping over something. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's bad enough. Like I can wear an old, I have a bunch of old lenses that I've had for years now, which are you know not current, but if I put one of those in my left eye, it's enough to bring it up to pretty much parity with the, with the right. And I can run without too much fear of tripping and falling and hurting myself. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'm, I will be progressing into something right now, reading glasses as far as I can go. But like some days I get tired at the computer screen. I'm like, I wish I had something to make it just a little bit better at that distance. Yep. That's called buying a bigger monitor. <laughs> I'm doing 27s now. <laughs> I'm doing 54, man. Come on. The, the, the rule is you're supposed to be, you know, your monitor uh, should be, uh, what was that, uh, 10, 10 plus your age in inches? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I literally just made that up. <laughs> so, but, but that said, go ahead and buy it. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons I have kept it. I read my text really big anyway. I always have. Yeah. Uh, and my intention was, or my hope was that by not reading small text for yep. my career, um, that it might help with my eyes. I don't know yep. if it was, if it has worked or paid off or it just happens to be that I still can read. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's like, supposedly that's it. You know, look, I, the less you can do, um, to, you know, the less strain you're putting on your eyes, then, you know, theoretically the longer they should last. And, but I don't know. Yeah. Ah, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, on that Good note, old. it happens yeah. to the best of us. <laughs> yep. Apparently. Well, on that note, if you have any uh, tips on um, preserving your vision or um, a good Nigerian scam or, uh, you know, thoughts on the Fitbit charge, even if it won't charge, yeah. holler. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Nicolaitis. Adam is at Sublime Comp. We have a website at uh, BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. There's a contact form there. All of your bad feedback goes straight to Adam. All of the compliments come straight to me. So fire them away. Fire away. And with that, we will see you next week. But until then, Adam, would you please push the big red button? 
To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us. 